to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 119. Country Music Edition. CMT Music <laughs> yeah. Awards Edition, coming to you with the hottest and best takes on country music's most influential artists for the year 2021. I'm <laughs> one of your hosts, Chris Stern, here to yeehaw down with at Johnny Samsonite, John Swanson, while we record episode 119 on a Wednesday, November 20, 10th, 2021. I actually just changed my Twitter handle to at Square Dance and Swanson. <laughs> just kidding. I didn't really do that. <laughs> you got bucket hat sternum here in the fucking <laughs> driver's seat. We're going to have a wild ride tonight on the rodeo of games podcasts. Um John, what's up? How are you doing, man? I'm all right, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, taking it one day at a time. That's how we, how we do this thing. Rolling with the life. punches. That's right. That's Riding right. that bull of life. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to jump into the lowdown and power on through this podcast as uh, full disclosure I just came from a one glass of wine visit that turned into a two thirds of a bottle of wine visit with a homie. And uh, we'll see how the lightning strikes tonight. You know what I'm saying? We're going to. I do. <laughs> ride yeah, the lightning. I've been there before, man. Yeah. I, uh, I've got a deep and abiding love for red wine, and it caught up with me just now. Uh, if you have a deep and abiding love for our podcast, you can become a part of the conversation. If you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on our Twitter account at MN Gamers Podcast. If you don't use Twitter, like hopefully most people, especially after they introduced premium Twitter, Twitter Blue this week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is. It's the... Uh, paid for premium version of Twitter where you can have access to extra features such as bookmarking your favorites mm. or favoriting your bookmarks or some shit. It's a hard <laughs> pass. I'm going to do on that one. <laughs> you can send us a good old fashioned free email to uh, podcast at mostly normal gamers.com podcast at mostly normal gamers.com is the email address and mostly normal gamers.com is our website. Please go check it out. That's where our old episodes are and our bios and all that good stuff is. You can also check out Mostly Normal Monthly. I believe we have a link to sign up for it there, but you can also go to mngamers.substack.com. Back issues live at that Substack address, and that will probably be resurrected for some sort of Game of the Year discussion at uh, December here, if I have anything to say about it. Good idea. And finally, last but not least, John put in presumably minutes of work in creating us an amazing voicemail account on Google Voice at 507-291-2991, one of the finest phone numbers on the internet. And we would Mm -hmm. love to have people call in and leave us a review, feedback, uh, just any kind of shout outs. We just want to get other people's voices on the show, and we thought this would be a great way to have the audience participate. Send us a question. Send us a video game review. Send us a fart joke. We'll take it all. And it's Uh, another phone line at which I get uh, 
like spam calls. I'm so sorry. Nice. Oh no, it's fine, dude. Actually, Google has it figured out, man. Like they just block everything. Oh so yeah, it's I've actually kind of fantastic. I uh, am an Apple user, and let me tell you, they don't. No, they don't. That one, it could be. They've gotten better, but yeah, it leaves a little bit to be desired. Other than playing fly swatter to the spam phone calls, John, what has been filling up your game time since we Man. talked? Well, since I wasn't on last week, I know, was it you and I a couple weeks ago? I think it was. Um, I think it was I us two on, was it, was it, I mean, we talked recently. Two we weren't 117 yeah. together though, were we? I don't know, man. I can't keep track past. I think that was Angie and I. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, but that explains why I played so many off. so many games in the meantime. I did finish Deathloop, and it actually it took me a while to get into it. Um, and I it took me like twenty three or twenty four hours is what the PlayStation says my playtime was, okay. which is considerably longer than most people. Um, but I, I do stand by it's kind of like Dishonored two with a different skin on it, and um, the story's pretty fantastic i i only used out of the powers that they give you i really only used a couple of them and i feel like if you wanted to because so like your powers your guns and your character you can all attach like trinkets to those things and they give your weapons and yourself and your powers buffs um and i didn't even have like complete buffs for all of my um powers that i was using and stuff i feel like you would have to go through that game with a fine tooth comb in order to get all of the uh highly upgraded um trinkets for all of your items and such which i definitely think a lot of people will do that i finished basically the story once i figured out how to um, navigate the basically track each thing that i was supposed to do I, not, and it's not that it's terribly confusing. I'm, I think they tutorialized it pretty well. I just am not very patient when it comes to being uh, like following tutorials, especially when it's like, read this map and do this thing and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it certainly, it also gets far easier as you go because you get more powers and your weapons get stronger and your character gets stronger and... Um, not in like an RPG aspect where you're leveling up or anything, but you just, again, you can attach trinkets and stuff that allow your character weapons and powers to be stronger than they would be otherwise. But I think I was not high on it when I was about halfway through it and finishing it. I, I still wouldn't put it at like my top three um, contenders for game of the year, but it's definitely a good game. And I know you are probably going to wait till next year when it's on, game pass but i think you'll really enjoy it and it's a it is a fun game the characters uh um what's her name i can't even remember colt and uh juliana Mm -hmm. like they're fantastic um and i really there's like at least three endings that you can get and i watched all the youtube ones i was happy with the ending that i chose oh i kind of didn't realize there were multiple endings in the game yeah it's i mean again it's dishonored with a different uh skin on it like it doesn't it's mostly your end choice you basically how you handle the final situation um determines kind of the ending of the game 
So uh, it it was it was good. It was a good ending, and their banter back and forth is fantastic. Just well written and well voice acted. Um, awesome. Yeah. So their performances are fantastic, and it is super interesting and weird. Um, and you could probably get into the weeds with the story. I just really didn't. Um, and there's plenty of side stuff to go back and do if I wanted to, but I just don't really, um, again, it wasn't, I I did enjoy it, but it wasn't certainly one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, and then, uh, in the Halloween spirit, even though it's post Halloween, I played a game called pumpkin Jack that I had heard about on kind of funny and, it was on sale on PlayStation for like $14 and it's kind of like a PlayStation two era or it's in the style of a PlayStation two era 3d platformer. Hmm. So it's got that level of jank and um, like uh, also kind of endearing at the same time because I was so, I don't know, like games like Spyro and stuff. I know I still go back and play Spyro occasionally, the reignited trilogy on occasion. And ten year old um, Chris would have lost his mind about this character model. I would have thought Pumpkin this guy's Jack. the coolest character ever designed when I was ten. Which is a little bit young for PlayStation two era, but like even like twenty like thirteen year old Chris would have been like, Yeah. Ball yeah status. dude and that's that's exactly what i wanted like i was in the mood i was uh kept bugging angie to play uh man of Madon, and she was down to play it but we never found out it found a time for us to like play mm-hmm. it together and uh so i was still in the mood even though this was after halloween um i was still in the mood for a halloween type game so this kind of hit that um what do you hit that note with me? And I really enjoyed it. I went through and hundred percent of it and got the platinum. And I think it only took me like five or six hours to do that. So I did it in like at a couple of days off last week and did it over the course of a couple of days. Nice. So that it was, it bad. was really fun. If you have any, like it's and it's still, and I don't mean this as like an insult. I think people decide describe Kana bridge of spirits as like a, like, reminiscent of a 2d or a 3d platformer in the, like the playstation 2 era and not in like an insulting way but more it doesn't have the complexities of like an open world game does like a ubisoft open world game which i'll talk about far cry 6 here in a minute where there's just like too much to do and it's daunting i just i kind of miss those games where it was just like they were finite and not super long and you could complete them in a couple of days. Like it's just fun to play games like that on occasion. And this was very uh, pleasant. The ending, the story was like interesting kind of until the end. It was like, there's like no twist or anything. It's just like kind of ends and you're like, okay. And uh, yeah. Oh, but you if you sweet spot, like a six to 10 hour game with very few side quests that I can actually wrap up yeah and i uh was able to get the 100 percent without having to use like a guide or anything i just went through it again yeah uh 
yeah anyway pumpkin jack if you're into like a 3d platformer or want some a dip back into nostalgia from like the late 90s early 2000s this is kind of where it's at it was really fun yeah and real quick before you move on did yeah. you play kina yeah i did i have not potted with you about it what's your like gut check take on that game it was real hard man like i turned it down to easy pretty quickly and then uh had to i i think i eventually would have had i like dealt with the frustration and like forced my way through it i would have um eventually gotten to the point where i was my character was strong enough to kind of be more resilient but I also just kind of wanted to play it for the story, so I didn't mind turning it down a notch and going through it that way. But it was—it's really fun. I think their their next game, whether it be a sequel to Kana or something different, like will um, be really good. I just actually listened to an interview with the uh, game directors on it yesterday, and I think it just sounds like they're—I I, I would look for them to be coming up with some promising things in the near future because they're they seem pretty talented and they have a history of like in animation so uh yeah yeah it it was good it was definitely worth a shot if you get a chance to play it i guess it's on pc through the epic game store so technically yeah to play it but um yeah but it's like again it's it's good but i don't think if with the number of things that there are to play i don't know that i would push it like since you're an xbox gamer like and i if i had games pass and i was on xbox primarily granted like you also have a pc i just don't know that i would go out of my way to play it um if it wasn't for the fact that it was like a play a console exclusive to the playstation mm-hmm. uh cool yeah and then um i'm a few hours into far cry 6 which is just like another i think this might be my last far cry game because they're just too they're huge man like I'm probably like five or six hours into it, and it's just massive, man. Like you, it, the maps are just huge. I just don't know how or why they make everything so massive, and they're also geared to kind of point you towards the store very quickly. I think mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they make it challenging so that you feel compelled to buy uh, materials to upgrade or buy new weapons and stuff like that, which. I, I feel like in, Ubisoft has increasingly done that, like kind of pushed uh, players to access the store early in the game so that they kind of feel like they need to do that in order to get the full experience out of the game. So I don't know. It's I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm only like five hours in and it's fun to play. It's just a lot of the, you know, the checklisty BS that, depending on whether or not you like Ubisoft games and the, which Ubisoft game it is, like how well the underlying uh, mechanics are and story and stuff like that. Like Assassin's Creed, obviously I loved and Valhalla was really good too, but um, mm-hmm. after a while you kind of get tired of the same formula. Yeah, definitely. And, I, you're a huge Far Cry 3 fan, right? If I remember. Yeah, correctly. I really, that was kind of like when I got into them and I think the, you know, that game had its time and place. I think I was, uh, you know, it came out 
on PS3, right? And, you know, I was of a certain age at that point in time, like, and games weren't where they are today. So that game, like Far Cry just hasn't really changed a lot in a positive way since Far Cry 3. Like, they've just gotten more and more iterative and not really added a lot. And the, the thing is, like, if they do add something, they don't get rid of anything. Like all they're doing is adding to it. Like, and it, mm. they do the same thing with Assassin's Creed. It's like they take the stuff that's there, and they're not like, "Oh, well, this is good, but we're gonna add this this time and get rid of this and this, so that we're not uh, wasting players' time." And I think it's I've heard of it, heard this phrase before with in regards to Ubisoft games, but I think they. I feel like they don't respect the player's time. Like mm. they just really want you to have to struggle through it so that you have to dip into the store early. So, and I, one of my buddies uh, is playing Riders Republic and he said uh, something very similar where it was like, yeah, it's really hard to get into at the beginning because you know, the, your equipment sucks and it takes a while to get flowing. So I think they're hoping you're like, Look this, I'm going to spend 40 bucks in the store and buy a bunch of materials and stuff to make new equipment. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then to continue my Metroid slash 2D platformer um, fascination, i playing Metroid Fusion, which I've been playing for a few weeks. I'm like two and a half hours into it. And that game's real good. You know, it's a Metroid game. So it's kind of like every other Metroid game. And it's funny, dude, because you and I were talking about the things that are uh, like part and parcel to Metroid. Like I was griping about how you get all these energy upgrades, but every enemy takes away like a huge bit of health. And Metroid Fusion is very similar. Like you can get tons of energy upgrades and like if you come across a strong enemy, they can take you down pretty quickly. Oh, um, really? So See, and I, my m- nostalgia and like, memories of that from childhood must have like sanded off those rough edges i wouldn't say it's quite as dramatic as uh dread but it's it's there it's still there okay yeah so anyway that's about uh all i've been playing let's hear about your uh dip into the disney fantasy world it's more like the game pass fantasy world uh oh there you go all three of these games are on game pass but nice um I'll do the quick hits first. Um, This morning, I played probably the first one or two races of Forza Horizon 5, uh, mostly with the game on mute while my girlfriend and I listened to the morning news. And uh, wow, what a game. Uh, it, It looks real pretty. It plays great, even though all I was doing was following the blue line. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't have that much experience with racing games anymore. And I've always been more of the arcadey burnout type of racer fan, or like maybe like Mario Kart eight or double dash. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty impressed so far. Uh, one of the small touches that stood out to me was that they have they, them as pronouns to choose for your character, which just love to see that representation for non-binary folks um, or uh, agender folks and things yeah, like that. Yeah, you're talking about Forza, right? Yeah. I did hear about I, that. That is cool. Um, 
it's one of those like subtle touches that just like makes me feel a little bit more positive about the world, especially um, coming kind of from a place of social social justice and stuff like that in my uh, former work. So um, those small things do make an impact. And um, I think every time I notice something like this, I, I tend to bring it up. But um, yeah, you know, my, my girlfriend even kind of got caught up in watching me do the races and the spectacle of the intro sequence in that game. Uh, so I, I would recommend folks who have Game Pass just check it out just because if you have Game Pass, you have the game. And um, if it can get my girlfriend to uh, stop what she's doing and kind of like pay attention to a racing video game, I think it's got something special going on in terms of the presentation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I've heard, I've seen uh, like streams of it very briefly and it does look fantastic, man. Yeah, I'm I'm super surface level on it, and like even the furthest I've ever gotten into a Forza Horizon game is like five or six races. So like, I mostly downloaded it just to check it out, and uh, I had heard it was kind of a visual showcase for the Series X, and so I feel like it's about time I justified my purchase. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, Are uh, you streaming it or downloading? Um, I, I have it downloaded. I yeah, I guess I, I suppose technically I, I should be able to access uh, Game Pass streaming through my Series X now. Yeah, I was just curious how, how it looks if there's a large difference or not. I I didn't do any streaming of it yet um, off of the cloud, uh, but now I kind of am curious to try it out. Um, I was playing it in the quality mode because that's what it defaults to, which is 4K six or 4K 30, um, and I've never been a huge frame rate snob, um, but the game like felt pretty flawless. Even uh, are you getting tired of it calling you Chris all the time? It actually calls me Christopher, um, uh, and you like that? Well. I picked a very femme character model and gave my character they, them pronouns and then okay. unmuted the game and they called my character Christopher and I was like, oh no. <sighs> so nice. um, definitely spent some time in the settings menu trying to figure out if I can change what they call me and I couldn't figure it out. Well... So uh, Christopher is my non-binary pixie haircut <laughs> home person, and uh, I love them very much. And I'm going to do as many races with Christopher as I can before I stop playing Forza. Do um, it. The other game that I kind of dived into a little bit was Unpacking, which is this indie game uh, with really great pixel graphics uh, that involves you unpacking boxes to move into different different places that you live and uh, yeah how do you feel about it? i've heard some people are riding to their game of the year top of the list pretty quickly i think um people can love what they love i think i am pretty skeptical of people who are calling this a game of the year candidate um granted i have not finished it but um and, and I'm sure some people, uh, there are parts of the game that I think are, are pretty special. I think it does a really good job of 
narrative through gameplay mechanics and game art without making it explicit. But I do not think um, that there's anything about the game that would put it on a game of the year contender list for me. Yeah, I heard the story or it can kind of tug at your heartstrings a little bit. But I don't know how accurate that is. Yeah, so I'm I'm um I got into like the middle of the third level of the game. Um and the narrative of the game is basically, you know, checking in with you at these various moments in your life where you're unpacking boxes in order to move into places. Um, and I can kind of see a trajectory in my head of where the story might go. I'm not quite at like the emotional crux of the story, if there is one. Um, and so, you know, maybe narratively I'll be proven wrong here. And, and uh, you know, games like Florence, which are heavily narratively based, but use game mechanics to tell that story, um, are games that have had huge emotional impacts on me and have stood out and stuck with me. So I don't want to discount the fact that maybe unpacking can do that. Um, however, um, I kind of can see where the magic trick's going to try and go. And yeah. um, You're I not am, falling for it. I am maybe, I try to be very open to other people's experiences, but like, I feel like this is just a, a thing where people are like, oh, I have a take unpacking yeah. this game of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of, have you played that artful escape game? I've heard a lot about. I've heard some no, it's, it's in my too. game pass queue though. Cause I think it is on game pass and um, yeah, it is. I'm I need eager, to give it a go. I'm eager to check it out. I think it's a, a rhythm game, right? Uh, I'm not really sure. I've had it. It seems like more of like a point and click adventure almost. So I'm sure I, oh, if okay. it, I, I don't know how I'll rooted in it. music at the very least, right? Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Like rock music specifically is my understanding. Um, so yeah, that do it for your playlist. Well, there's one last game, the game that I've dug in the most since I beat uh, Metroid Dread is uh, a different kind of Dread, which is Kingdom Hearts Three. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh save the best for last, yeah. Um you have to understand, John, Kingdom Hearts 2 is one of my favorite games of all time from when I was growing up. Yeah. I think the mechanics in this game are fucking stupid and bad. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I'm playing it on like proud mode, which is like the third out of four difficulties. Yeah. Um and it still feels inconsequential and like vapid mechanically. And that makes me disappointed. I, granted, I'm only a few hours in, like, but this could change. Um, and like, I was so into Kingdom Hearts growing up that I spent time reading people's fan fiction, hypothetical narrative breakdowns of what they thought would happen in kingdom hearts 2 on game facts on the forums yeah. oh yeah for sure um 
And so like, I was in it all the way. And then Kingdom Hearts 2 came out and it was a masterpiece. And then uh, 16 years of my life passed. And now I'm a 30-year-old, 31-year-old, soon-to-be 32-year-old adult man who um, the magic trick is not working for right now in Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. Um, but some of the music in the uh, memories section that tries to recap the different stories of the 15 spinoffs of Kingdom Hearts that right. have have important narrative impact, but I never played. <laughs> Although I, I did play one of the really important ones, which was the card game for the Game Boy Advance, which I still think is really good. Um, but that was when I was like really in it. <laughs> that I played that game. <laughs> um, I think that goes without saying. Uh, basically, um, I'm not... I tried to be very open-hearted with this game when I booted it up. And um, I'm already struggling. And on top of that, when I play it and my girlfriend's in the room, she just starts mocking it by calling out the fact that Donald and Goofy have things to say to me um and so (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be a rough ride uh but i am committed to it so uh oh man check in next time i'm on the podcast for more about kingdom hearts 3 i can't i'm excited to see you slowly break down over time yeah i'm pretty broken down already john yeah we'll see how fast (laughs) i'm sorry how fast the deterioration goes take joy in your sadness (laughs) I I just wish that I had a grip on what the fuck the narrative is doing, and I seem to have completely lost it. Um, I I know I listened to a, a lore podcast that. Um, oh, did you a listen to ago. Lore Reasons on Waypoint? <laughs> yeah, I did. I and listened I, to it too. I still have no idea what's happening, but I also didn't really care. I just find those people funny, so I like to listen to them and uh so it was i don't know it's very convoluted and i'm sure if you really want to understand you can it's just i feel like i'm not gonna go back and like learn now you know what i'm saying yeah i'm not gonna lie to you john when i was like damn i don't remember any of the story of this game um i definitely flirted with the idea of just re-listening to lore reasons yeah um because that is literally one of the finest podcasts ever produced and i will die on that hill yeah it is good and it's long too i mean but yeah it goes i think they go through like everything there's like and it's yeah it's long they do the damn thing and uh they do it with style panache and grace as only the folks over at waypoint can (laughs) Um, yeah exactly uh and I'm a I'm a pretty big wave, waypoint stan at this point in my life, so I'm yeah. gonna shut up now. But um, instead, I watched the game's uh, built-in recap section in the memories and got more confused by watching them. Yeah. But got really emotional because damn, if those instrumentals that they back those uh, lore recaps to are not good music. Um, They're not. Oh, no, oh, they are good music. Yeah, it's great. Just simple and clean, getting interpolated as like an instrumental piece of music. Love it. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm going to try and convince myself to be bought in all the way and just reignite my love for Sora and friends, but uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. You might and have while, it, dude. And while you'll we, either like go uh, insane trying or you'll become one of those people that just like talks themselves into believing that they're fantastic. You know. uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 is one of the top. I Yeah, I've never played any of them, but I, I sure do both. I, I mean, believe you. Do you have any love in your heart for Disney characters at all? I do, yeah. But it's not very strong, I wouldn't say. So I don't really, depending on who they are, too. I just don't yeah. really care that much, I guess. Certainly not enough to play it. <laughs> or make the time for all the things. Like, I mean, there's already enough games to play, you know what I mean? I don't really need to go try trust, to chase down all of the... Literally every second of this game has had me going, do you really need to be playing this right now, Chris? What yeah, exactly. Literally any of the other video games you own. Yeah. Uh, which is a bad sign. But uh, speaking of signs, I think it's a sign of the times that we need to jump into the news. First things first. Today, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, <laughs> hosted the most important video game press conference of 2021. And that is the Thunderful Games Showcase. And John, let me tell you, they did not disappoint. They came hard with things like the world premiere of Super Meat Boy Forever punching its way onto mobile devices in 2022. And not just that, Cursed to Golf, by par the best golf game ever made, is coming out and is getting good vibes. Uh, 2022 to PC and console, it had a preview that people were excited about it's a golf roguelike and it's probably gonna be great um but most importantly two big hitters so john have you ever played the steam world games yeah man i played steam world dig 2 on switch when we were all hard up for games to play and that game was fantastic and then i subsequently played the first one which was still very good but not as good as two so I played SteamWorld 1 and the card game, but if let me tell you this. SteamWorld is finally returning in a fully 3D co-op action game, SteamWorld Headhunter, which is a direct sequel to the events of SteamWorld Dig 2. And John, I cannot wait because I love the game design that these motherfuckers come up with. And pardon yeah. my language there. I usually try not to swear on this show, but that's all I have to say. What uh I'm why I'm currently watching it as we're uh talking. Uh the this Thunderful World uh showcase. And it is pretty good. They actually, oddly enough, published uh the pumpkin jack game that I was talking about earlier. <laughs> they have good taste uh, over at Clearly. Um so you know I, they, they have a teaser trailer that I think they probably closed it out with. I didn't actually watch the showcase. Um, 
sadly, but, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or serious, but like these, the games are pretty legit. Like, no, I'm, I'm serious as hell. Like I, uh, really, really like the steam world games. Um, yeah. I, I kind of bounced off of steam world quest. Uh, I had kind of, I felt like the difficulty ramp was like a little bit too hard for me on that. And it's a card game. Yeah. I, I kind of felt, uh, I fell off of that, but I, I truly love uh, SteamWorld Dig 1 and have been holding off on playing SteamWorld Dig 2. But to me, the biggest news that came out of this is that The Gunk, which is one of my most anticipated games, uh, yeah. which is the first game that the SteamWorld studio has done uh, that's outside, outside of the of SteamWorld. Yeah, outside yeah. of that. Uh, will be coming out on December 16th, uh, and it's coming straight to Game Pass. Um, they, you know, showed a little bit of a teaser trailer and threw that date on it. And I now have a, a date to, like, I, I need to clear a schedule around, you know? <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just intrinsically trust them to come up with good gameplay. And, like, um, I've, I have been pretty vocal i think about my excitement about this game since it was debuted at uh the xbox e3 showcase last year i believe uh since i watched it at my old desk at work <laughs> yeah dude it does look i'm again i'm watching it as we speak and that gunk is on i can't remember what it was about the um xbox because it was a, one of the xbox showcases from this summer right earlier this summer that we saw it maybe I don't know. But anyway, when we did see it, it was, it did light a fire under my ass. I really am excited to play it. So um, that's awesome, man. I think it's going to be risky because it is their first venture into 3D, but I just think the developers there just have such strong design instincts that yeah. I think they can, tr- like they've shown they can translate it from genre to genre. So I have no reason to believe that they couldn't translate it yeah. to a 3D action game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool set of announcements and like a really eclectic, quirky mix of games to highlight. Um, I'm going to go back and watch it to see Mark Hamill host it because I think that's hilarious and interesting and, and uh, delightful. So um, yeah. It's also interesting the SteamWorld creators are coming out with a gunk and a SteamWorld game like around the same time. I wonder how large that studio is. Well, and I, I think the SteamWorld uh, Headhunters thing was just like a, a teaser trailer. So I'm wondering oh, if it's further you. out in the future. I see. My hunch is that the gunk is kind of them getting their sea legs in 3D and then Headhunters is them saying, okay, we've got our sea legs and now we're ready to put our our brand name indie game on on it and make our 3d take on that uh which i hope pans out for them because uh they've earned my trust which Agreed. very few game devs have done lately <laughs> um next story quick but sad one from matt kim over at ign uh love matt kim rest in peace to us gamer um Valve has announced the Steam Deck, its portable computer gaming handheld, will be delayed by two months, and the first units will now be shipping out in February of 2022 instead of December 2021. 
Uh, this is according to a blog post from Valve saying that it's going to uh, have to be delayed because of those global supply chain issues that if you pay any attention to the news you've heard about for the last six months. Uh, Can't get a Steam Deck or a Tesla, man. Or a car, used or new, um, or video game systems, or uh, Christmas gifts, or... Couches. Apparently your favorite movie snacks because I was uh, reserving tickets to go see Dune for the second time. And oh, yeah. there was a notification on AMC's uh, like reservation page saying, uh, just so you know, global supply chain issues may make it so some of your favorite treats are not available. Uh, so it's affecting everything. Um, damn you, supply chain. Damn you, supply chain, indeed. Are you excited about the Steam Deck? I feel like maybe we haven't talked much about it together. I I mean, yeah, I think it's cool. I, I'm not going to get one because I don't have time, man. Like, I, I mean, I have a Switch that I seldom use and I'm currently using my Game Boy Advance and I still bust out my Vita occasionally. Like, I don't need another uh, portable gaming system. Maybe someday I will... I mean, and also, I feel like if I was a PC gamer, I would be on it, like, without question, because then you can pick up where you left off on a game, you know, which is amazing, but it, but I just don't, I'm a PlayStation gamer, and I just don't see it being very useful to me. You know, some people have uh, joked about how this is going to be the Vita 2 with the number of PlayStation 4 games that you can play on it. Yeah, well, I mean, and you could, you could honestly, uh, you could, apparently, I mean, it's open source, right? So you could do whatever you want to on it. You can strip it and install whatever you want to on it. So you could technically install a PlayStation Plus on it if you wanted to, or PlayStation Now, whatever, and play your games that way. And if, I don't know, it seems like one of those things where if it does pan out, which I think it will, um, it'll be a lot cooler in three or four years than it will be at launch. I think it'll take people a while to like kind of, and also it's PC, man. Like, I don't know. You just, you have to do too much to these things to make them do what you want them to do. In my opinion, in a console, you just turn it on and play a game. And that's like all I want to do, you know? I'm clicking but it is cool. through this IGN articles, like photo gallery while we talk. And there's a picture of the Steam Deck docked as if you had, like, kicked out the kickstand on the Switch, right? Yeah. And two people have plugged in (laughs) arcade stick fighting game controllers. Oh, yeah, I see that. And they're playing. Like hardcore ones, too, man. (laughs) And it looks so stupid. Yeah, it looks slightly ridiculous. Our hobby's the worst. I dare you to come up with a use case where it makes sense to do this instead of having it display on a TV. Yeah. I'm it's impossible. 100% with you. Um, yeah. I love it so much. Um, but like, I can't imagine playing the game. Like, I don't know. I'm nobody's on play. the run. And... I, it's look, I get it. it. I love the switch and people have, literally decades deep steam libraries at this point and if i was one of those people and you told me 
all of a sudden I could take it in a portable handheld like this, I would find it appealing. I still think it looks comedically oversized. It reminds me of the Sega Game Gear. It's a lot slimmer than I thought it was going to be. The controller just looks like the, the controller portion of it does not look laid out well, does not look ergonomic. I have never touched it. I've never used a Steam controller to know whether or not the weird mouse pad touchpad things work or not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not going to be an early adopter of it. I'm not going to be an adopter of it because hopefully they'll come out with a Switch 2 by the time I would be ready to buy one of these. But yeah, um, it's being delayed. So I, I uh, you know, have to wait even longer to never buy it. Um, yeah. I'll get over it somehow. Speaking of getting over it, <laughs> I've had to get over the fact that I literally clicked on a pop-up ad on Twitter and signed up to try and get into the Elden Ring uh, closed network test and have not received my email about it. And people are selling their keys for the closed network test, which I think is like four days long. For hundreds of dollars on eBay. Hundreds? Uh, Really? This story is coming from Andy Robinson over at VGC, uh, which is Video Games Chronicle. Um, They're being sold on, yeah, uh, you know, the the news story has a $350 and $240 buy it now uh, for the Xbox Series X and S uh, version of this. Uh, The network test starts on November 12th and has two sessions on the 12th, a session on the 13th, and two sessions on the 14th per this article. Um, uh, I've become a true FromSoft fan because the hype for Elden Ring is truly outstandingly strong right now for me. Yeah, man. I and I, I was listening to kind of funny and they were talking about it on their games cast today and um it seems pretty cool. Like uh it seems they were saying it's a more accessible version of uh like the same thing that we're used to from from software and the fact that there's summons in them and it's open world, it's pretty cool. Sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, I watched the 15-minute gameplay overview that they put out last week, and it was like pure catnip. Um, Yeah. And uh, frankly, like uh, I am not a purist, and I don't think the FromSoft games need to be punishingly difficult to get their point across. Um, And... I I just want to go liberate the pot boys and venture into the depths of some dungeons and ride a horse with a double jump, you know? Yeah, and plus the fact that like when you ride your horse it like kind of apparates out of thin air is pretty sweet. It's just every part of it is cool as shit. 
Yeah, their their games are just a certain level of badassery that I just can't explain, man. And I, I am glad I eventually went back and played uh, um, Bloodborne and yeah. uh, Dark Soul or not Dark Soul, but Demon Souls. Hopefully, my buddy and I tried to play it co op, man. Uh, I'll just <laughs> talk about this briefly. Um, and so I basically ruined my chance at getting the platinum because I ruined my pure white world tendency or pure white character tendency i can't remember which one but uh and it turns out we um couldn't do it because we you have to be within a certain level gap of other people of the person that you're playing with you have to be within 10 levels or something so we weren't able to meet uh, to hook up on it which was kind of unfortunate interesting but it was still really really fun uh, or, or it is a fun game and i'm looking forward to my buddy i think is getting pretty hardcore on it too so um i think we will actually jump in there and do it but i i don't know listening to them i thought i would maybe wait on it because i kind of like to follow guides and stuff because if you follow a guide you learn a lot of lore as you're doing it mm. you kind of get the most out of the game versus following it by yourself i think and so i might wait till a guide comes out um, which might be yeah. day of, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I'll play it on release, but I'm with you, man. It looks, it looks very cool. I'm ready for this to be my first from soft souls game that I like try to play naked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. And it that was Sekiro me. for me. Yeah. It terrifies me. But we can always change. I'm mind. ready. Like I, I got like, I don't know. Uh, I might be lying to myself. I feel like an imposter because I feel like my Dark Souls build, like once I had the build, it made the game beatable. But I also think strength builds are supposed to be some of the harder character classes to play through as. But I also think I got a lucky drop on this weapon that I used for most of the game. Oh, I don't even know. But I just like, you I'm, know, man. I'm fiending for it. Like I'm about to, I plugged in my PlayStation 4 finally at my new apartment and I might just play Bloodborne. Oh, nice. But I'm yeah, afraid I didn't know of the you load had times. A... I'm terrified of oh, the load yeah. times, John, because I've only been playing Series X and Switch. Yeah, I can get that, man. I luckily bought an external hard drive for my PS4 a long time ago. So um, it, uh, Luckily, it goes real nice. It's oh, not as fast as the PS5 hard drive or the Xbox Series, probably, but it's uh, it's still nicer than the like place the native PlayStation Four one. Yeah, I am worried that a large part of the reason I was able to play Sekiro and Dark Souls Remastered is just because the Series X made the load times not a huge stab in the gut. Um, Speaking of stabs in the gut, one last news story. Unity, we all know Unity. They're like a graphics engine developer, kind of like Epic, right? Acquires like that. WIDA, VFX platform WIDA, for $1.6 billion. Mm-hmm. 
This is the company started by Peter Jackson, which did the technology for films such as The Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, Avengers. All three. Um, Danielle Pardis over at gamesindustry.biz wrote this up. I cannot comprehend Unity owning the 3D image company behind the War of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> um yeah I, well Weta digital so this is their digital effects platform um what is Weta? what has Weta done Did Weta's like the the digital effects oh was used in all of those movies i listed off oh like uh what's his name who's who played uh uh damn it oh you're thinking of andy circus yes you thank you so much because you knew i wasn't gonna get there on my own man yeah, so um, uh, didn't he? I thought he started this. No, Peter thing. Jackson was one of the co-founders of Weta. Um, let's see what's going on with Andy Circus. He's kind of in the game space a little bit. Yeah, they made that Planet of the Apes movie or video game. I mean, and I don't think it was very uh, well received. I think Weta just worked with Andy Circus. Andy Circus was like as an actor. Oh, okay. Obviously, he portrayed Gollum. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Gollum. Gollum, um, yeah. And apparently, oh, in the um, in the and Planet of the Apes and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah. I, they worked really closely with him, but yeah. Um, Oh, they also worked on James Cameron's Avatar. How could I forget? Which one? Uh, the very first one? The, the second one? The third one? The seventh one that's coming out in 2032 or whatever? I'm sure they had fingerprints all over all of them, John. <laughs> um, Interesting. So is it like Unity trying to... Because Unity is like the other game engine... I mean, there are several game engines, but the other one, I guess, I think of other than the one that Epic yeah, runs, so, which um, is probably the more um, well-known Unreal Unity engine. is a technology suite, right, um, in a lot of ways. And there was some reporting, speaking of Waypoint, Patrick Klepek did some reporting out of Unity, uh, talking to some of their direct employees about Unity's work uh, in military contracting. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think Unity is just a technology company that uh, does visual, uh, you know, 3D graphics and primarily is used in video games, but those things can be applicable in a number of different industries. And so I think maybe they saw um, some overlap uh, in in skill set or space that they work in with this film 3d graphics company um yeah. and one could imagine a world where maybe that boosts the visual fidelity of their game engine but also like 
maybe there's some benefits to to the kind of like film side of things too. Maybe it's just diversifying their portfolio. Maybe it's a play to get into the metaverse and shit like that. Who really knows? I um, I did want to kind of bring up just the stupid amount of metaverse and NFT stories that have been happening lately in the game space. <laughs> but frankly, I couldn't uh, I couldn't pull together a master list of them for this show today. Um, but just loyal listeners, um, please, please carry deep skepticism for blockchain NFTs and the metaverse concept uh, as it is being highly promoted in these corporate boardrooms for their quarterly meetings um, in the game space. And uh, if you have expertise or takes or a dissenting opinion about how that stuff's literally gobbledygook, uh, please write in and contradict me because I would love to hear it. I think it's just rich people blowing money on dumb shit. Rich people blowing money on dumb shit. Yeah. It's all relative, John. (laughs) Exactly. NFTs are just the next thing. Says the guy who's out here playing Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Blowing money on dumb shit. Um, I have a mostly normal question on my mind and then we'll wrap things up john do you have a favorite vegetable um not really no i mean they're all terrible i guess cucumbers are okay but cucumbers are technically a fruit right because they have seeds oh yeah the the deep dark nuance of the vegetable world i know man it's frustrating because it doesn't make any sense for a really I'm, long time. Why do you ask? Oh, I just, I thought it would be a good, mostly normal question. Yeah. I mean, I guess cucumbers, if we want to count them or, uh, you know, I, I eat my greens. I like to, I like the way I get vegetables is by making like a sandwich or a taco and then just piling a bunch of lettuce on top of it. Cause I'm like, oh, nice. this is probably good for me. Like, so like spinach and kale, I guess are okay. Ooh. Do you rock with kale chips? No, I've never had those. I don't, this is my thing, man. I'm not, I'm not about to eat. I'll eat salad sometimes if there's some sort of dead animal in it, but I'm not really, I don't know. I eat, I reluctantly eat almost all vegetables. Okay. Okay. Mostly because I know they're, you're supposed to, you know what I mean? (laughs) I understand that for sure. I think my favorite vegetable is, is broccoli. Oh yeah, like steamed or raw. Um, I like a good broccoli in like a stir fry, or um, yeah, I'll have it raw. I, I I like it raw. It's my favorite way to transport hummus into my body. Oh, um, good to know. Favorite hummus dipping uh, vector is is broccoli. I think they play together really well in terms of like the kind of like bitterness of the broccoli with the I just feel like you always have to floss after you have oh for sure yeah it it invades all of the dental cavities in my body yeah it's not um it I love like pan roasted like slightly charred broccoli 
with like a little bit of salt and olive oil or like even just like putting it in the oven to roast. But like I love pan frying it. Like you can get like some browning on it. Oh my God. It just is a flavor morsel. Um, I think broccoli is my favorite vegetable. Uh, yeah. And get it's also nuances around squash. Like if squash is a vegetable, but I think according to the seed thing, wouldn't it be a fruit? I think so. Cause it's like a pumpkin. Right? <sighs> yeah. That's too bad. Is, is acorn squash my favorite fruit? Find out next time on the mostly normal gamers podcast. That's going to do it for our show today. Thank I don't know if I can wait that long for jumping in and listening. Uh, John, I'm so glad we got to record together tonight. Uh, would you let the yeah, people me too, know man. where they can follow along with your adventures in life? On I am at Johnny Samson tonight on the Twitterverse. And also, I don't know if I said this before we started recording or after, but like I got a PlayStation, like an expandable memory for my PlayStation. Like I'm going to install another NVMe drive into my PlayStation. Oh, shit. And I bought a heat sink, so I don't know. Hopefully, I'll be on next week. But, you know, next time I'm on, if y'all remind me to talk about that, because I'm hopefully it'll go well. But I'll let y'all know how it turns I'll out. Keep my fingers crossed for you as you I know. Uh, mod your PS5. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, well, you know, if anything happens, I can just go down the street and get another one, you know, because yeah, they're just they're everywhere. It's so easy to access. Uh, you're, you're finally just truly eliminating the only benefit that console gaming had, which is that you don't have to worry about shit like this. Yeah. Um, well that, that waved goodbye long ago, man. Once we, I think I upgraded my drive on my PlayStation three cause it's so easy and it's kind of fun. Now it's a little bit more difficult with the like heat sink and the NVMe drive, but it's not, I've watched a couple of YouTube videos and it's not brain surgery or anything. So I think I should be all right. Yeah, I mean, you are uh, a man of high education, so if anybody can do it, I believe you. I'll let you know. Speaking of of high education, you can find me on Twitter at VGOcasion, where I occasionally share opinions about video games, but mostly retweet shit. Um, If you want to contribute to the content, you can send us a freaking email to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Follow us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. Get into our newsletter. Don't miss out on our Game of the Year coverage coming at you hot and fast at the end of December. That can be found at mngamers.substack.com. And lastly, if you would, would you kindly leave us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice? Tell a friend, spread the news, let people know. Chris hit the bruise. If were <laughs> red wine, that was pretty good. That was pretty uh, good. Just let's let's grow the the tiny little audience we have here into a a community of like minded nerds. Uh, and with that, I'll see you all on the internet in the future. John, see have a you good on night. the flip side. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks. Go Thanks for hosting and uh, freaking video games. Yeah, let's You're do the damn for thing. Hosting. Um, I'm gonna go to bed because daylight. Good idea. Time it's a good is plan. Definitely destroying my brain. Oh, I love it. Getting dark at 4:30 in the afternoon. It's my favorite thing ever.
I hate it. I'm My favorite kidding. thing ever is waking up at 5.15 a.m. all week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, man.